Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 274, and today I'll be talking about the two newest episodes of Steven Universe Future, Bluebird, and a very special episode. I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. And I'm David. So we've made it, the podcast is at its Chad episode, number 274, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, since everyone understands that that's a reference to a Kids Next Door character, that made... That landed with everyone. So yeah, it's uh, 274 episodes in, and we are also so many episodes in to Steven Universe Future now that it is time to just kind of relax and have what the fans are always talking about, having towny episodes, which in this case, I think went over really, really (laughs) well because the return of Onion back to his truly evil horror roots from his introduction made me so 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 happy especially seeing a gem pitted against onion which has only really happened in the comics before (laughs) what did you think about a very special episode isabel yeah it was all right it (laughs) broke the fourth wall completely but (laughs) yeah it reminded me of like the uncle grandpa episode sunstone so i love that we get development for both rainbow quartz 2.0 and sunstone But Sunstone is definitely the more, I mean, when you take Garnet, whose future vision already breaks the show in so many ways, and then combine it Mm -hmm. with apparently Pink Diamond's gem, it just becomes completely... Everything goes off the rails. Yeah, I mean, the Sunstone's in, like, the Dove ads filming (laughs) space, which is crazy. (laughs) You know, I'll take it. But also, (laughs) the way that the episode sort of, by the end had Onion leading everybody around with a blade of grass, and then Sunstone just kind of ends the episode doing weird little activities, like punching Pearl in the face with a volleyball. It just reminded me of how Garnet also was the one to break the fourth wall and just kind of make the episode end in the Uncle Grandpa one. Yeah, I mean, I I watched that bit with uh, the grass again, and watching it a second time, I could hear the music, like their their Pied Piper-inspired music in the background while Onion is leading the gems on his merry chase. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, it was just so goofy, and it was <laughs> truly a very special episode. I was I was very, very worried about a very special episode when I saw the description, because usually in your two places at once episodes, the person's trying to keep it a secret. And so it's just a wave of relief washed over me as soon as, you know, Stephen uh, shows Pearl and Garnet that, oh yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do this, so... Oh, I loved it. Although I will, I will say this: um, reception of the episode appears to have been mixed. Oh. I am clearly in the love camp. I see. I avoid. I avoid most of the online reaction to the episodes until we record, so that I don't see. So I'm not influenced by the outside influence, but that doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me. But really, how could you not love? I mean, the Rainbow Quartz song. And just being in Onion's room, Onion's room is grosser than it's ever been with his piles and piles of plates that Vidalia doesn't make him clean up. And his creepy as hell Steven doll. Oh my god. Uh, I can't believe they put that in. (laughs) I disagree with you, David. I think Onion's room is more beautiful than ever, and you want to know why. He has a mysterious bag of hair. We don't know from who, but we have reason to believe that it is the greatest mane ever to exist. 
in Steven Universe. I can't believe Onion fished Greg's hair out of the sea and bagged it up. Oh my gosh. How can you not believe that? As soon as as soon as Greg released it into the sea, I'm thinking, oh yeah, Onion's taking that. <laughs> Onion was waiting right behind the cliff, peering over. He's been waiting for this day since the moment he met Greg Universe. I'm surprised Onion didn't cut it off himself, to be honest. <laughs> oh, tell you what, though, that Bluebird, though. Right, so working backwards to the first set, yeah, how how did you feel about Bluebird, Isabel? Yeah, I thought she was great. And yeah, it was obvious it was Eyeball and Aquamarine. What? No, none of the Crystal Gems caught on. Really? Steven what? had to point it out to them. What? <laughs> if they knew it was them, then why were they so nice to Bluebird? So this episode is weird in its take on sort of how the gems feel about the new world they're in. Because before, they all witnessed Steven be kidnapped by Aquamarine. And so you would expect any of them to maybe have a little more negative feelings against Bluebird than they have. But I guess because we want to forgive everyone, if we were capable of forgiving the diamonds, then we'll, we are willing to give Bluebird a chance. And when Steven, you know, talks about his feelings, Greg still gives him an out saying, you don't have to do this. and even the gems are like, well, we can still beat her up if it's a problem. So I kind of accepted that. That was so Garnet's future vision, by the way. You know how she foresaw both of the outcomes of Room for Ruby? She foresaw the possibility of Bluebird being a little stinker, and she knew exactly <laughs> what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. It's a very odd Steven Universe lesson, though, because the character does turn out bad, which we've already had happen before. We've already had an episode... That was about a character that we tried to accept, and then it turns out they're bad. But the lesson, I guess, still hasn't changed, because Greg, even though he mourns his hair, still tells Steven that he's glad for sticking to his principles, and it actually doesn't change Steven to be any more suspicious or angry. I do like that realization that he has when they're both trying to fuse, that they can't do (laughs) it, and they're forced by hate. And his little speech that got backed up by the theme for change your mind was really was touching. Like, oh, he's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I loved Bluebird's weapon though. She has a saber that shoots sabers that break apart into sabers. <laughs> I want one. Yeah, that really took me back to how Rebecca Sugar said that her main motivation for fusion starting off was even b- above relationships that she just wanted to see the cool weapons that happened when they got together. That was a really excellent combination. Of course, we didn't really know what Aquamarine's weapon was before, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it for granted that she makes the little dagger into a saber. It's pretty cool. Man, I'm just, I'm just glad that they confiscated Aquamarine's wand. That would have been pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Right, it does seem that tech has sort of been taken from all the gems, but I wonder how far that really hmm. extends. Are all of our peridots out in space also small peridots now? Hmm. Small adults, if you will. Lemon enhancers were never seen to be a positive thing anyway, at least from like Amethyst's perspective and from the Crystal Gems. So that might have been a thing. But anyway, I won't diverge into that. I need to play more of Unleash the Light to see. But most of the Peridots in that still have all of their Lemon enhancers on. I mean, I guess they're not dangerous with them. Well, Peridot was. Our our Peridot was pretty. Yeah. yeah. She almost killed Steven. <laughs> yeah. That's right. She was shooting stuff. She could have got Pearl really good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garnet gave her the old squeeze first, though. <laughs> Speaking of the old squeeze 
Greg was in like, I mean, obviously he lost his hair, but that scene with him being held by his hair on top of the roof, that was crazy. They they honestly could have even amped that up more with how much pain he was in because, you know, he chooses to cut off his own hair because of it. He chose to cut off his own hair because they were going to kill him otherwise, not because it hurt. Yeah, he really shouldn't have shown them those sci-fi horror movies. Hmm. <laughs> I, I loved that bit where it's like, oh, it's so funny. And it's like, at first you're like, oh, that's a bad sign. And you're like, oh, it is cheesy sci-fi horror. So. <laughs> They're like, we've committed actual sci-fi horror atrocities. This is nothing. <laughs> yeah, this is this is baby stuff right here. The whole time, though, I'm just looking at Bluebird's color scheme and I'm like, such an awesome design, and I oh, I love the voice work on Bluebird, but <sighs> the color scheme kills me every time. The choice to have fusion sometimes be done with accents, which obviously started back with with Garnet, is delicious because when we had Aquamarine, who already had that, uh, is that like a high north? What what type of British accent is that? I would I would just say very posh sounding. I'm not from the Isles, so I can't tell you. <laughs> Anything uh, other than she sounds very upper class. Oh, uh, I guess back to very special episodes. Of course, we saw the Heaven and Earth Beatles again. When are they going to talk? I don't know. They teased us really bad. Whenever they get thrown into a garbage disposal and then can't escape <laughs> until someone turns it on, apparently. Which is a horrible <laughs> thing for Garnet to tell them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely... Uh, I mean, I thought that all of our quartz, corrupted quartzes were going to be silent until they started speaking up, obviously besides Cherry Quartz in episode one. They decided to give them all the same voice, though. Yeah, they are all the same voice, but they have little twists to them. Although this one actually sounded pretty much like Cherry Quartz, I feel. Oh man, can you imagine if there was just some episode where just Jasper just shows up out of nowhere and is trying to play it off like it's no big deal? I don't think Jasper's going to be casually returning. Although I don't know how... So these two episodes do not set up any sort of... We're still, like, holding off. Is there some grand conflict? Which, in my opinion now, I don't think there's going to be any grander conflict than what Steven causes himself. Even though there are gems like Ruby and Aquamarine who, you know, are going to meddle with Steven's life. I feel like we're definitely pushing in the direction of Steven kind of being the cause of his own internal problems at this point. Yeah, most likely. Although I, I don't think that Bluebird is going to make him any less stressed out. As long as he doesn't keep overbooking himself. Again, I talked about how in some of the first four episodes, he seemed so tired. All that fusing in a very special episode was also exhausting him, although, I mean, don't worry, bro, none of this is canon? Question mark. Well, was he more mentally exhausted, though, from... Just the idea of having to go back and forth between two places. I don't know if it was specifically because of the fusion. He seemed physically exhausted, too. Speaking of exhausting, finally Sunstone told us all to turn off motion smoothing on our TVs, which is something that <laughs> I've had friends like come over and be like, oh my goodness, turn that off. And it's like, cool, thanks for enforcing that everywhere that you go for everyone's TV. I'm so appreciative. But it is terrible. It'd probably look very terrible for cartoons. So I could imagine for a storyboarder mm. on Steven Universe, they would especially want to make sure that their episode does not become 60 FPS. I don't even know how that works on cartoons. Are TVs smart enough not to do that? I have a very old and stupid TV, so I don't have motion smoothing. 
I mean, I I have no idea how you could take 24 frames and turn it into 60 in the first place, but mm. eh, whatever works, really. Artificial intelligence. You could do everything with robots. <laughs> oh, man, the... Ugh. Why do I love Rainbow Quartz so much? Why is he so awesome? I, it was... All the Mary Poppins jokes were all well and good when oh, it was my just goodness, the yes. descending <laughs> with an umbrella. Now Rainbow is taking care of a small child while singing songs and using magic to make chores fun. I didn't know I wanted this in my life, and now I have it, and I love it. Yeah, the umbrella was a very small nod to Mary Poppins back in Change Your Mind, but now they fully committed to it, and I love it. And I loved that the umbrella's powers to animate toys actually connected as far back to the weird power that Pearl had to, like, manipulate sand. She's sort of, I guess, able to manipulate physical objects, and so that manifests Hmm. itself with Steven here. I felt like that was a consistent power, which was cool. In addition to the fact that Onion, of course, back to his roots, takes a gem object and abuses it to start bringing everything to life in the same way that he abused the replicator wand. If we had just had another episode where he just took that power too far and ran away with the umbrella, I would have appreciated that too. But, you know, it's good that he that we didn't just cover the same territory with that. But I would take it. Well, I, I liked when he animated the three toys side by side together. That was cute. <laughs> yeah, the very purposeful you know, slightly creepy nature of the doll in the middle was a great way to start turning the song to the wrong direction. And by the time he's like throwing the darts at Rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just thinking of Onion's facial expression. He's just sitting there with the umbrella and the just very unhappily like, why isn't my umbrella working? (laughs) Right, as he's smacking (laughs) it against whatever, a broken vase box? I don't even remember. I think that's what it was. Something that he broke in half. Yeah, I love that mixture of Onion being like his he's unintentionally creepy, but he's still a sweet small child at the end of the day. And so he just wants Rainbow to keep pushing him up the rail and, you know, happily like running down the stairs. A sweet small child that never ages and gets smaller. Mm -hmm. Practically, he's getting smaller. He feels smaller, but also probably Mm. in comparison to a fusion, you know, he's smaller than Rainbow Court, so. He is a handful, though. What is it with fusions and holding people in a single hand? In <laughs> Bluebird, you had Garnet holding Pearl. Pearl in the hand. I, th- I think she yeah, she had Amethyst in the other hand, but Pearl just had just a boss pose. And then, of course, Rainbow holding, holding Onion in the palm of his hand, literally. D.D. Mango Hall said that Greg's hair would grow back. I don't believe oh, her. Eventually. But- Like, Greg is really, you know, he's old. He's an older man. I don't, I feel like that hair was there. I don't, I don't know if the magic's still there to keep his hair growing. And unless that's a suggestion that we're going to be getting like 20 more episodes instead of just 10 more episodes after this initial 10 run. I don't know if we're really going to say, see Greg's hair grow back. I do like that he looks like young Amethyst now. I appreciate that. Even a two-year time skip wouldn't bring that mane back. That is years upon years of hard work. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine we have a 20-year time gap between episode 10 and episode 11 of Steven Universe Future. See, we just thought Future was promising the two-year time skip, but little do we know, it's going to keep happening. And Onion will never age in any of the time skips. Mm. Like, he'll be at (laughs) Vidalia's funeral in his, like, 
little, little oh, baby no. baby boy suit. <laughs> Isabel, thank you for having a much more appropriate reaction to that idea. Oh. But also, <laughs> even as Stephen, Stephen is of course going to outlive all of his human compatriots as well, unless he mm-hmm. you know turns them all pink. But it's like yeah. a, my, this mental picture of him and baby onion standing <laughs> at every funeral together. That sounds incredibly dark and hilarious. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, somebody commissioned that fan art. <laughs> oh, that reminds me that I, I do appreciate that Bluebird made canon a fan comic that had been going around with Aquamarine and Eyeball at like a restaurant. Yes, <laughs> they're like I, know I, exactly I, I flipping hate you so much, and then they look at each other. No, they, they say <laughs> I. They're both saying at the same time, I effing hate Stephen, and then they pause and look at each other. Universe, and then they just <laughs> embrace and just full full on uh, smooching. It's great. <laughs> yes. Oh. I mean, I kind of wish Bluebird's master plan had been to erase all of Stephen's save files, but. <laughs> I mean, then we wouldn't have got the... Oh, could, did you... Oh, just Steven's face when he's just holding the shield up and Bluebird is just slashing at him recklessly. It's like, Steven is just so done. He's like, no. I, I, he just literally cannot even at that moment. He's like, what? why? Why? I'm so irritated. Why? One part of me just wants a strong enough threat to suddenly appear in Steven Universe Future and the fact that Bluebird went in the direction of being goofy ended up being fine with me, especially... Again, because of the way that they used it to show Steven's growth and Steven seeing right through them and seeing their fusion, their hate fusion slash maybe someday love fusion. And then his just tiredness. I I appreciate that over them trying to hype up some new villain, which I think we'll actually be getting in just an episode or two whenever those lapses show up. Oh, yes, I'm waiting for that. They'll be gone in an episode, though. They'll be they'll be taken care of in one. Oh, well, that's what you mm. think. I do have I do have a question though about the episode Bluebird. Amethyst, you know, running off crying and then running off to do art with Bluebird afterwards. Oh, was yeah. that supposed to be real or was that supposed oh. to be a prank that they were pulling on Stephen? I am at a it, loss. It's not even just the voice, like the way Amethyst is just holding her arm over her eyes is the exact kind of pose you would do fake crying. And they really, her voice actress plays it up the same way that Garnet plays up her no line at the end of, you know, right before (laughs) Sunstone shows them on TV in the next one. But they never, all the other pranks were proven to be pranks. Or I guess they were. This was the only prank with plausible deniability. I mean, it makes sense. Oh, excuse me. It makes sense that Amethyst would do this. It would be in on the prank. But it's kind of weird that they didn't just show them, like, making a knowing face as they left the house or whatever. Yeah, usually, again, that's the only reason I I even have to ask. It's like, I would expect them to consciously nod to it, not to leave it ambiguous like that. I, I guess I only have one other question about the episode Bluebird, and that is... Which warp pad did Bluebird use to bring Greg's van into the house? That chase scene is one that I wish uh, we could have seen. Like, was, was, did she start attacking Greg and he gets in his van and starts driving away? And then he conveniently accidentally drives straight over a warp pad? And then Aquarine at the same time catches up to him and, you know, causes them to warp? Hmm. Yes, I guess we'll never know. The world may never know. 
Bluebird was a credible threat to Steven. She did have a clear shot at his back where she could have run him through with her saber if she oh had been God. a better fighter. <laughs> Man, that's a that that's a that's a long-lasting uh, question as well. We've seen Steven's gem removed, but we still haven't seen him be impaled. Maybe that will happen in Steven Universe future. <gasps> We've always wondered, <sighs> can Steven poof? And the answer <laughs> will have to be yes if he ever does get impaled because otherwise I don't I don't think this show I mean, it does have a PG rating. I feel like you can do a lot in PG, but they've never pushed their PG rating for for violence. I don't know that it's actually PG. When Infinity Train aired, it also showed as having a PG rating, but I think now it shows as having Y7, which it fits much better with. Oh, no. I think that's the same thing with Steven Universe Future. It's erroneously showing as PG, but it probably should be Y7. It still has PG, uh, even when I saw it on, like, iTunes today. I mean, way yeah, back in yeah. the day, depending on how... Because Rebecca's talked about it in interviews and stuff, even though it shouldn't have had to have been this way, the PG rating sort of helped her be able to have the freedom to, you know, uh, unfortunately, yes. be able to explore LGBTQIA themes, even though, <laughs> in her own words, that shouldn't require being PG. That that should be matter that is absolutely appropriate to present to children. But that's always been part of Steven Universe's identity. And I guess they also tried pushing the innuendos <laughs> earlier in mm. season one. That's about as close yeah. as they've gotten to being actual PG territory. Yeah. Wiener in hand is gone now. Yeah, the innuendo's gone, but the magic of evil onion is still there. Onion will outlast everyone. Well, final thoughts, Isabel? Um, I mean, two good episodes. I'm excited for what's coming up next. Oh yeah, let's see here. Let me get my let me get the descriptions for the for the next ones. Yes. We're looking at Snow Day. Steven and the Crystal oh. Gems get a chance to catch up when they're all snowed in together. Mm-hmm. That is I'm more excited for that episode, actually. No, I think you're excited for Why So Blue. Steven has heard rumor of a pair of gems that are still destroying worlds. Yes. If he can't stop them, maybe Levis can. That's the one I want to see a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, space is cool. Maybe more character development on Lapis herself because she'll be interacting with other Lapises and that may bring up conversation about, hey, we used to do this stuff. Lapis, our own Lapis used to do this stuff. Could be interesting, but... I'm really, I want to hear what the gems have to talk about to each other. Yep, I'm just happy to hear Lapis say some words. (laughs) Let Lapis talk in Steven Universe future. Yeah, hashtag let Lapis say words. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we haven't even, was she even at Little Homeschool in episode one? I've only, I can only remember seeing Paradox. I don't remember seeing her, although she did have that cameo in the commercial. That they shot in Bluebird. Oh, right. Right. So she hasn't just been in space. We have seen her on Earth, at least. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Bluebird and a very special episode. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. And I'm David. Uh, Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or uh, check us out on YouTube. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.